0: From the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, this is Dive Deep. We dive deep into our Catholic faith. I'm your host, Andrew Hansen, along with Amber Cervany, Father Chris House, and a new guest here in studio with us, Mike Christie. You're the Bishop's Delegate for Strategy and Logistics. You got one other title. What's the other one? I, I didn't even want to bother trying Director to pronounce it. Director of Evangelical and Catechetical Services. Yeah. Without stuttering. That's a mouthful. Uh, today we're talking about Archbishop Fulton Sheen and the Beatification Mass that was scheduled for December 21st. You may have seen this in the news. It came as quite of a shock to not only the Catholic community, of course, in Central Illinois across America, but it made kind of shockwaves around the world. So we're going to dive deep into that and explain what happened, what came out of the news, um, some other issues that I think we need we need to hammer out about how we all take Twitter world and come to conclusions and things like that. But first, let's get into the timeline of of what all happened. So November 18th, Peoria received notification from Rome, uh, from Pope Francis approving the beatification that was set for December 21st at uh, the cathedral in Peoria. Well, it just so happens December 3rd, just weeks before the beatification, they received word that the beatification mass would be postponed. So the Diocese of Peoria issued a statement, and in part they said it was at the request of a few members of the bishops' conference to. Ha- they've asked for further consideration. Now they went. They did make sure that uh, they wanted to say that there's never been, nor has there been, any new allegations against Sheen involving uh, abuse of a minor. They want to put that out there. Of course, in our current climate, uh, that was the. That was, of course, the Cliff Notes version of their release. But after that, the tw- Twitter world went wild. Um, of what could happen. What a shock. Catholic Uh, Twitter going wild. (laughs) Never, never. Uh, Of course, there was a 2007 incident of Sheen. Uh, Of course, uh, it was was later found, of course, to be not true at all, of kind of witnessing abuse and doing nothing. Not only was it not true, but the judge who was involved in that case made the plaintiffs pay. Uh, But people then saw those headlines and, of course, made conclusions about, oh, you know, so Sheen's, it took a hit, you could say, right there. But of course, everyone else was thinking about all sorts of other crazy things that can happen. So fast forward, literally just 24 hours later, and Catholic News Organization, uh, CNA, reported when they after they talked to uh, the Diocese of Peoria that uh, it was actually at the request of the of the the Bishop of Rochester, Salvatore Matano. Now he came out and he requested that this beatification be postponed because. Uh, he had specific concerns that Archbishop Sheen could be cited in the final report that's covering an ongoing state attorney general's investigation into New York's bishops and diocese. He specifically said he thought there could be some timing from the New York attorney general where if the beatification mass did go on December 21st and they issued a report and Sheen happened to be in it, they could kind of time it maybe to score more political points and they consulted other U.S. bishops. U.S. bishops agreed with the sentiment that we think this should be postponed until this report is issued. Rome, of course, made the final decision. And here we are. Now, I want to add one other final uh, tidbit into all this, which I think is really important uh, for more context and clarification before we, we go around the table here and um, and discuss this. The issue, according to Monsignor Cruz up at the Diocese of Peoria, uh, involves uh Gerard Gouley, he's a, he's a former priest of the Diocese of Rochester. Now, remember, Bishop Sheen was the bishop of Rochester from 1966 to 1969. Uh, Gouley had an allegation of abuse against an adult when he was actually in a different diocese. Gouley came back to the Diocese of Rochester at the time Bishop Sheen was in charge. However, according to the Diocese of Peoria... Sheen never put Gouley into ministry. It was only after when Bishop Sheen left the Diocese of Rochester, the bishop that came after Sheen put Gouley back into ministry, and he unfortunately abused again. And Monsignor Cruz up in Peoria thinks this is the issue that the Attorney General in New York is hammering in on, but he says it's, it's, it's nothing. And the Diocese of Peoria stands by that Sheen, uh, is, a, is a holy man and worthy of canonization and moving forward. So that sets the whole stage, the context of the timeline, what happened. Uh, Amber, what's your action? Oh,
1: Go. My, <laughs> my first, <laughs> well, I to digest. yeah. Um, the very first reaction was when you understood that he has been cleared, that there's been a thorough investigation on this man's life. And so if he is listed, my first thought was, what are we saying here? He can't be a saint? I, I'm, I was confused a little bit. I felt like this all hinges on this one thing. This one mistake suddenly wipes out this virtuous man. I, I felt like that's that's where I was confused. I was confused how everything hinged on this one, what seemed to be one little thing. Yeah,
0: and I think your point is we're all sinners. And if you look at the life of many of our saints, you, you look at St. Augustine, uh You know, St. Monica prayed for him for, what, 30 years? Because he was living a horrendous, adulterous life. He wanted to marry a 10-year-old, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Uh, So,
1: No, No, I don't think so. It was an heiress. That was a young heiress. But he was was involved in
0: in many... yeah, he lived the sinful a sinful acts. We'll say. Yeah,
2: we would say a, a life of a dissipation. There to you use go. A Scriptural term. So,
0: well, I think what your point is is he's a saint. He had a very sinful past, and and if it is the case so what you're saying is okay, if Bishop Sheen maybe did, you know, he something he he didn't dot all the i's cross with the t's, especially as we see them today, which I think is important to know. Versus you know, 50, 50, 50, fifty sixty years ago, does that diminish everything this guy did? and helping the church move forward and bring people ultimately to heaven, which I think many people have. Heck, there's already been a miracle approved because of his intercession.
1: Well, they even said in the article that there's been more miracles since. So it's like everything says to me this man obviously was a virtuous man. Um, I'm not sure why the concern is that all of this deep research proving it is somehow wiped out by this.
2: Well, and there's nothing – publicly right now there's nothing to disprove that. Everything that – The Diocese of Peoria has examined everything that the Holy See has examined. It all plays out exactly what that's saying. The whole point is that Sheen goes there in 66. This priest comes back in 67. Sheen says no to an assignment. Sheen leaves Rochester in 69. The priest comes back in after Sheen's departure. So for right now, unless there's something hidden that we don't know about yet, the facts seem to point to the fact that Sheen did not err in this area.
1: So then are we saying this is just really political? That they're just, it's its a PR move, that they don't want, they don't want to release this at a bad time because that would be bad for the church. So they're going to pause because they really don't have proof, but they want to make, they want to... Or
3: maybe, maybe to say it a little more positively, this should be a grand celebration. Right. And, you know, there seems to be some awareness that there could be something that would detract from that. Uh, So maybe there's some wisdom in timing wise. That's what what it seems to boil down to to me with to the extent the dust has settled at all, is that it's not a question of his cause as much as, as it is a question of the timing of the celebration.
0: The thing is, so so let's say the attorney general report has his name in there. Then What? It, you know, then to Amber's point. Well, the Diocese of Peoria and the Vatican's—they seem to, they, you know, they do an incredibly thorough job. You can comment. You wrote a whole dissertation on saints, right? About how all the whole process. Them? What <laughs> you wrote your dissertation oh, okay. on all about? The you know how the process works. <laughs> this isn't just some thing where you know it, it, it takes a few months. Yeah, everything looks good. No, this is thoroughly okay. investigated. So if it comes out that maybe he is on this list, okay. Well, well, then what?
2: Well, I think we need to back up for a moment to something that was said about, you know, is this political, is this PR, various things. The reality is we have to accept that we live in a hypersensitive moment right now regarding this issue, this issue of child welfare, of uh, the welfare of anybody in the church with uh, regard to the church's ministers. And that hypersensitivity is not a bad thing. We also have to accept the fact that there are some in the church who made this reality. This is, while we can argue whether or not there are certain secular political entities that are taking advantage of it, maybe, but at the end of the day, some who are in leadership in the church have made this situation. So we have to accept that fact, and then we move forward. So what does this mean? Well, first we have to understand what is beatification versus canonization. So beatification is not a declaration that he's in heaven, okay? Now, a lot of people believe that Archbishop Sheen is in heaven. And I think most of us probably would believe that. Um,
0: really quick. So I know canonization actually is the public declaration right. we believe they're in heaven. But doesn't the church teach that beatification means we we do—we almost all say we do think he is in heaven? No, not really. Not if you actually read the documents. Beatification literally is
2: the legitimization of cult around somebody in a very particular area. So hypothetically, let's say the canonization was not delayed. So beginning on— or after December 21st, in the Diocese of Peoria, the memory of Archbishop Sheen, Blessed Fulton Sheen, would be able to be commemorated, celebrated liturgically in other aspects, but limited to the Diocese of Peoria without an indult from the congregation in Rome. So if another diocese, another place wanted to do that, they would have to get permission, such as with uh, Blessed Stanley Rother in, um, down City. in Oklahoma City. So his cult—now we say cult—that— In our modern sense, that means something bad. But no, cult in the purest sense just means uh, an area of belief around something. So his cult is limited publicly to the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, but it could be expanded with permission. So that's beatification. Canonization is an act on on the part of the Holy Father. It's an infallible act, judging that this servant of God, after deliberations— is numbered among the saints in heaven, okay? So that's what canonization is. So you have the two realities. So you have a human judgment, so of their heroic virtue or their martyrdom, and then the miracles that come with it, that's divine confirmation of the human judgment. So beatification literally is an administrative act. Canonization is an act of papal power that is an infallible act. It's not an ex cathedra statement, but yet still it is an infallible act.
3: So one who is beatified but not yet canonized would be a blessed?
2: Yes, and we have lots of them. We have lots of blesseds who've never gone on to, for whatever reason to canonization. Sometimes they were religious and the orders have died out. Um, it used to be that bishops could make blesseds. It used to be that actually bishops could canonize. Uh, and about the... After the first millennium, um, Pope uh, Alexander III, in a letter to the king and bishops of Sweden, said, "No, no more," because there was some incident where there was a man who was martyred, but he was also drunk at the time, and they canonized him. And the Pope's like, "This doesn't work well," so he he said, "No, no, 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 no," and then that was actually uh, concretized in law by uh, Gregory the Ninth so i
0: didn't think i'd laugh during this conversation but you made it happen so thank you you know the the one thing and you bring up a really good point about you know we live in a time where you know because of the church's history this is an unfortunate reality we have to live in my thing is so you know if if the diocese of peoria and the vatican they are i mean their statements are we're, we're we're locked solid on on this guy and he he is good we did our thorough investigation what do you guys think about well should they even care about what Politician X has to think. Politician X, whatever they want to do, you know, we stand by—are are are they bowing? Are we bowing to the whims of politicians and of what they may or may not do? We don't even know.
2: Well, I don't know in the end if it's about bowing to the whim of a politician, but just as a pastor myself, I have to— So when we're examining somebody's life, so Archbishop Sheen, so who did some many, many wonderful things as a great teacher and evangelist, if it was shown that he was negligent or something like that for a certain segment and quite possibly not a small segment of the catholic population as well as those outside of the church because fulton sheen had a very large following um that could be a source of scandal that could be something that was detrimental to the faith so i know this is hard for people I know that it's disappointing because his cause has been a long time coming, and sadly, there's been drama around his body and other things like that between Pure and the Archdiocese in New York. But
0: but really quick, this uh, you said it has been a long. It's actually been a pretty short time, all things well, considered, right? But this is the
2: problem that we live in a in a culture of instant gratification. It's something that takes more than you know five minutes is a heartache and a cross. So the fact <laughs> this has been a couple of years versus some are going for centuries, but um, you know, and. The church, people, I say the church moves slowly. That's true. And this is one of those cases where she needs to. And she needs to be thorough and methodical and sure when she does this. And as many people have commented, if it is God's will that Archbishop Fulton Sheen be raised to these honors, God's will will be done. And so we just have to trust in that.
0: Do you think at all this... um this is maybe a strong word, but taints the process. I mean, you, you mentioned it's thorough, but but now they, from the outsider, they're looking at, um, OK, so you guys seem to be locked solid. This guy was great. Now, all of a sudden, you're worried about some politician naming him and you pulled the beatification because you're afraid of something, even though at the same token, you think your guy is solid. How do we know going forward? Anything you guys do is actually as thorough as you claim it is. This is
2: nothing new, though. Let's look at the cause of Pope Pius XII, the venerable Pius XII, who has many critics who claim that during the war that he did not do enough to denounce Nazism, to denounce the the racial sins of the Nazis, and that he worked too much for the interest of the church. Um, For a long time, that has been dark clouds over the cause for his canonization. And finally, it's starting to move forward again. I'm so, you know, just because there may be a perception or an opinion doesn't mean that's truth or reality. And that has to be negotiated through. I think in this case, I don't believe this taints the process one bit. If the Diocese of Peoria has done the investigation, they claim they have if the Holy See has done the investigation, it claims it has. And they are thorough investigations. And the facts, as we've talked about, as we see them right now, this is what the facts tell us. If there is something else that we're not seeing right now, well, then we'll have to look at that.
1: I mean, I understand that I think we're an instant gratification world. That's definitely true. But I also think Catholics are desperate for celebration. We just, they just so badly want to celebrate someone that most people relate to or have stories or watched or understood it, even, you know, from generation to generation. So finally, it was this opportunity for people to be like, yes, I'm Catholic and look at this really cool thing. Um, and so I think that's sort of, it's almost like a heartbreak a little bit that this, the thing that everyone's been talking about forever and ever, the bad stuff um, was, is now what now took over the one good thing that the church was going to celebrate. I think well, that's... And that, and
3: that probably explains the... You know the the heat on Twitter and yeah. other places, and and where a lot of the energy is coming from is it's such a sensitive issue, and there is this sort of pent up feeling of this this hunger for for celebration, and then here comes this issue again. So you know that probably explains a lot of what the frustration is.
0: Yeah, and my concern is if if the attorney general doesn't name him all, name him at all, okay, that's great, great, and then it seems like we can move forward and new data set. My concern is he is named, and even if the church can. 100 percent defend him and say, no, you have all your facts wrong. Look, here's documentation that proves it. The church is either gonna the church is what's the church gonna do? Let's say, well, then I we're still gonna pursue beatification. Well, now so there's this whole, maybe this goes to the Twitter world where it says, well, there's the Catholic Church again. This guy was named, but they're just pressing on anyway. And and I just feel like you to the Amber's point, the celebration is now. Diminished, and I know I'm jumping to conclusions here. If, if he is in this final report, but that I'm just getting at that that's that's my concern that there will still maybe be a perception that the church just hammered home anyway, even hammered hammered home and did the mass and beatified him regardless.
2: Well, it's also except the fact that for some in the world, if the church says the sky is blue, <laughs> that will not be good enough, or it's wrong, or something Didn't else. Didn't we say the
0: world was flat at some point? We said a lot of things, but you know,
2: but through through the grace of the Holy Spirit, we moved forward. I don't know if we ever actually officially said it was flat. We did have some issues about whether the sun or the earth was the center, but that is, we'll leave that for another day. Um, but you know, that's, just, that's the reality. I mean, the church has to be about the business of the church, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ preached for the salvation of souls. And that's for everybody, including those who don't want to hear it, those who don't want to have nothing to do with it. It's especially for them. So at the end of the day, if the church has done her due diligence, I mean, if the church starts worrying about public opinion, then it's time for us just to cash it in and come Lord Jesus right now, because this is going to go nowhere fast.
0: I do love, I mean, the, the miracle story, I mean, all, all miracle stories are great. There is something about, first, of all, it's a connection to central Illinois. Uh, the mother had her son at home. Uh, they lived they lived outside of Peoria about 40 minutes away, roughly, if I remember correctly. Uh, Child was born, didn't breathe. And it it was an odd time, so I always remember. 61 minutes, this child didn't breathe. You know, they're rushing him to the Peoria hospital the whole time. The mom is praying to Fulton Sheen. She had a devotion to Fulton Sheen. Obviously, Fulton Sheen, born in El Paso, near Peoria. He was ordained in Peoria. They had a connection. 61 minutes, about to declare the child deceased, comes to life, starts breathing. No problems. I mean... Those are the kind of things, Amber, it's like, this is it's awesome to be mm-hmm. Catholic. You hear those stories, it is awesome to be Catholic. And it is unfortunate, but I think it's just this all this incident, it just it does diminish this the whole the whole story in its in its completeness. Well, and therein bit. lies part of the spiritual dimension of this and the and the diabolical element.
3: What are we what are we talking about and not talking about? And and how has that conversation changed? That shouldn't be lost on us.
0: And, and Mike, I know you, we, we spoke before the podcast. This is just this is still a lesson for all of us to the Twitter world, the the you know, what, what you think might be happening. Of course, when, when Peoria announced it, they gave a very small detail of it's it's not he, he didn't he didn't sexually abuse anyone. But that was kind of all we knew. So then rumors ran wild. Twitter ran wild. People said stuff that was clearly untrue. Tarnishing sheen 's reputation some more, because then people then maybe don 't follow up on the next day 's news that actually know it all has to do with the new york a g but it 's a reminder again for all of us to just pull back
3: and and Satan
0: sits back and grins and enjoys
3: his little masterpiece right so the yeah there 's a spiritual dimension to that we all need to just take stock of from time to time, the hysteria of the moment, especially in the environment that Father House described we live in of the Instant gratification also has a flip side, which is this sort of instant judgment and mob psychology, which is amplified in a social media world where, you know, this news breaks and then, you know, without any information, many people start speculating, filling in the blanks, presuming the worst. And, you know, I would say I was as guilty of that as as anyone. And it's a I think in that way, it's a moment for us, you know, in a somewhat separate but related topic to step back and, and take stock of that and say, you
0: know, it's not necessarily a healthy thing for us. So in terms of the timeline, we really don't know. I mean, we don't know when the New York Attorney General actually will issue the report. We don't know if Sheen's name will be in there. We don't know if it's in there or not, what will happen, when a new mass could be, be um, be, uh, I guess, uh, approved by Pope Francis. So let's we'll just wait and see. So continue the prayers uh, for Mother Church. This has been Dive Deep. If you would like more podcasts, go to dial.org slash podcast, and we will see you next time. Thanks for checking us out.